When Shamrock Rovers got one back, tears came to my eyes. When we went two went up and I heard those thousands of Sligo people, I was proud and we went out and won. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. More drama here. Gilani. North. Elding. 3-2. They'll be looking for Stenson's head away at the far post. And over it comes Elliot. Stenson! 1-1. Hello and welcome to episode 55 of the Bitter Edge Supporters Trust podcast. You have a new host now for tonight. So I'm afraid Connor's off gallivanting in the Alps. He's winding uh-huh. out of him left, right and centre. I don't think he's doing any skiing at all, but anyway. So it's just... Four balls. he's got for. So tonight it's just myself, Sean Dunn. I have Jerry O'Connor. How's things, Jerry? All good. All good, Sean. Magoo, you're coming to us from the car. How's the crack? All good, all good, sir. All good. Happy days, happy days. Well, lads, we'll get straight into it with the game. Well, Connor the... up in the Alps, <laughs> making snowmen and throwing snowballs, pretending he's skiing. How would he skiing? Skiing at about twelve o'clock at night after a fucking feed of wine or something. I'd say, what the only skiing he's doing? Skiing home on a bis- on a rover biscuit tin lid. Yeah, or a black bag, or the coal bags. Remember the coal bags? That's what he had. <laughs> Uh, oh, Back yeah. out of the hotel after four bottles of wine on a cold bag. Yeah. Well, uh, well, well, for some after St. Patrick's week, huh? I'm telling you. I hope everyone yeah, but... had a good St. Patrick's Day as well. Yeah. But we'll get into our own uh, taste of the, of the green enemy. <laughs> what we had the other night. Um, unfortunately, a 2 2 draw, which in retrospect is probably a good result. But, uh, Jerry, what did you make of it? Um, Oh, there's, there's loads of different ways you can look at it you can look at it and say that we were lucky to get out with a point um, my take on it is that you're tuning up at half time uh, look any game you're tuning up at half time you're always going to be disappointed not to take the, the full three points um, I thought it was probably our poorest display of the season I think we just constantly kept giving the ball away I look uh, I don't know if you want to get into it later on or just um, but I just think we give them far too much respect typical Sligo Rovers team against Shams far too much respect if you rebranded them and called them fucking St. Pat's or Bows I don't think we would have given them as much respect and I don't think we would have let the lead slip I think we just regressed 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 went back into Rochelle and was disappointed and I'm sure the players are disappointed too more so than anybody yeah, no, no, I, I tend to agree with a lot of what you says there myself. Um, before I go on to myself, Magoo, what do you make of it? Yeah, it's kind of the same as Jerry, a bit of what you can look at it both ways. Like, you know, we could have won it and we could have lost it just as easy as it was. So, like, if the game went on another five minutes, we probably would have lost it. Yeah. Do you know, or if they'd, if they'd scored five minutes earlier in the second half. Um, so, like, you know, if you were given 2 2 before the game started, you would have snapped someone's hand off. Um, I thought. Like at half time, half time I was thinking to myself, geez, we are a proper team now. I thought we're a proper team. Like we 
We don't, you know, I, we, I was on about last week that we, we wonder with no inferiority complex, but we would have known what to expect. We would have known they were going to come at us from the start. We'd have to cope with a bit of pressure and uh, that. And like we gave away, they, they could have been a goal or two up, I suppose, with the chances they had from Gaffney and Hoare. But like we talked with the Trulis, similar to the Derry game, and thought, right, we've seen what you have. Now we see what we have. Like, and we don't bump bump two goals, tune it up. Like, we weren't. You know, before years ago, we would have come out against Shams, taken that onslaught at the start of the game and went into our shell and thought, oh, shit, we're in trouble here. But we didn't. We 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 stood, We went, right, that's fine. We've done it. No harm done. Now let's give them a bit of, a bit of what we have. Like, yeah. and we went and showed them and we, we, we talked to, I thought, two great goals in fairness. Two very good goals. I thought, as Jerry was saying then, though, the second half, we... We just couldn't keep the ball. We couldn't get onto the ball, keep hold of it. I, I thought there was another goal in us for us there. If we if we just showed a bit more composure on the ball and a bit more belief in ourselves and a bit of... like It's the same as the first half. We know they're going to come at us again in the second half. They're going to bombard us. We know what's coming. and But we stood up to it. Like They didn't score and they didn't really have a whole pile of chances. And I thought then was the time for us, the same as the first half, to kick on again maybe and go and get that third and put it to bed but you know just like it was in the end like he has to give Shaz with the credits was Jack Byrne come on and decided moving the ball big pitch and he used all of it like and we just like for all Shams good play and all the pressure they had we gave them the two goals at the end then as well so that's probably the real hard bit to take of it yeah, I think we're all on the same page in regards to what we thought about the the match, to be honest. Um, for myself as well, I thought, you know, we gave them... Not, I understand what Jerry's saying, we gave them too much respect. I just thought they caught us on the one night that we were off our game, slightly, where the likes of Gary Buckley and that were giving away the ball, that never give away the ball. We were just sloppy in possession at times. Um, it was It was frustrating, even throughout the first half and the second half. Like even to the point where we were playing out from the back every time for mid and it wasn't working. It was every time they were closing us down. I will give Shams um, a lot of praise for their press. Thought they were brilliant in the press. They hounded us, forced us into a lot of mistakes. But, you know, we could have switched it up a wee bit earlier in the second half from playing out from the back. I think we could have been looking to hit Keane and Hamilton a wee bit sooner and playing on the percentages for a little bit. And just to get us further up the pitch more than anything else. Yeah, playing there for a while. Myself and Magoo watched the game together and that's actually what we were saying, particularly at the start of the second half, just because we knew they were going to come at us and like we were kind of saying, well, maybe we should play the percentages for a while and uh, not keep trying to play it out from the back because we knew that they were going to come at us. Yeah. And maybe just we should have tried to do something different to put them out of their out of their step, you know. But especially when you look at our second goal, you know, that comes from something they should deal with. It comes from our press. It comes from us harrying them. You know, Hamilton, Keane, everyone's up tight and Cotter's forced into making a back pass and he makes a hymns of it and Keane latches onto it. Like, and, you know, as Magoo's already pointed out, two serious goals, just, just touching on that goal alone. Like, Keane has so much work to do after that. It's not just yeah. a tapping. So it's not, you know, it's an excellent finish. I, I, thought his, I thought his second touch actually, it was going to take him away, but he, he actually, it didn't affect him. And, no. uh, it was super finished, like. Yeah, no, it was a brilliant finish, like. But you know, just those little areas. Just I thought we could have made more of that in the second half. I just thought mm. you could even see it, even when, uh, especially when Mada came on, 
the distance in between Mata and the midfield was phenomenal. Like there was yeah. acres of space there. So it was, and that's as Magoo pointed to, like Jack Byrne, he did make a huge difference when he came on because he was spraying the ball left and right. He was stretching us an awful lot. Yeah. And yeah. look, we were dealing, the thing was we were dealing with everything. Yeah. And then yeah. just unfortunately for Adam McDonnell, he just did 30 seconds of, the worst 30 seconds of a slight road <laughs> career so far. Yeah. Uh, just, and just on, on, just on McDonald as well, like, you know, I've talked to, look, everybody talks to, Talk about Sligo Rovers. Talk, seem to talk to me, which is great. And uh, between like in person and online, or you know, groups or or uh, Twitter or Facebook, whatever the case may be. But honest to God, I haven't heard one person being critical of Adam McDonald. Yeah, you can't for no. you know. Um, I think he's brought so much to the team. Uh, and look, it was just one of those nights. I know he left the lay. But, uh, look. Yeah. You know how many times you leave a leg and you get away with it, and the own goal was just reactionary. You know, it's just it was a total rush. The, the own goal, the own goal though, is the consequence of the first mistake from him because he's 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 trying so hard then to make up for his initial yeah. error that he his his head is all over the shop. I'd say like Ed probably calls, he probably hasn't heard him. He's just one thing in his mind: get this out, get out of here. I don't want to be the cause of the of losing the game. Get this away. It's all he's thinking. Whereas. Because he's flustered after making the initial mistake, so one 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 has led to the other. I would I would imagine, but like he can't fault. He's been brilliant all season. Like he oh, hasn't absolutely. put a foot wrong. And that's I, I, I felt sorry for him because even like the lead up to the penalty, like he gives away that header. He like the idea is right. He's looking to head it over into the left channel where Paddy Kirk probably should be coming onto it, but Paddy doesn't read what what Adam's going to do, and it leaves Lions coming through there clear as day. And then he suppose he's trying to make up for that mistake, getting back into the box. Yeah. So it was just, it was a horrible run of errors. Chasing his tail. Yeah, I just, I felt sorry on him because himself and Niall, they, they put in a good shift, but they, we couldn't get a control of the game in midfield. No, we missed, we miss we miss Bulger, I'd say, in games like that, is where, especially the second half, even if we had him, if he was fit enough to bring off the bench, just for his, like his experience, and, not, and not, nothing against the two boys, but they're only finding their way in the game. Like, they're only young fellas, like, I know I don't. Well, I don't think I mentioned it last week, but I think Niall has been superb since the start of the season. Oh, yeah. I think his game against Harps was his best game in a Rover shirt. Like, but they don't have the just the nouse and the the, the shit that fucking Bulger would have brought to that in the second half. Like he would have been and no one went to foul and where like he would have he wouldn't be getting us up the pitch anyway for starters. He wouldn't have been taking just this step in there, back. Just to step in and not to stop you in your in your tracks. But the game against Harps was Niall's ninetieth appearance for Rovers. And he's only turned twenty-one. That's, That's phenomenal. Phenomenal. But and and the great thing is that that game against Harps that is his ninetieth was his best one. So he's he's yeah. he, he's still improving and he's still he's he's coming into his own really. I think this season. And look, even on Nile, there just touch on him briefly. Um, like you, Jerry, that's a, a phenomenal stat really from him for ninety appearances at this age. And you look at he's played right back for us. I think he's stepped in at left back. He's he's done so much for us. You know, he's, he's he's come through a hard time with Rovers. You know, to see to see him reaping the rewards of it now as well is brilliant. Yeah, well, he was in he was in when he came into the team first. Like we weren't going great, and there was there was chaos within the squad. Really, wasn't there? And everything at times with the kind of antics that were going on. Like, so it probably wasn't an easy time for a young fella to come in, but. No, and there was no one really. Only there was only really one senior midfielder to learn from, and that was David Cawley, You know. Yeah, 
Another man, what? another man that needs to be touched on, David Colley, with his 250 appearance. Yeah, he was yeah. too, which is which is unbelievable. Like, yeah. and and then won everything really with us as well. Yeah, um, yeah, and I suppose that's where that stack came out of that Niall stat about 90, um, kind of coincided with David's set at 250. But the one thing, like Moran's different player this season. I think I I just think he's very very good. He's on the front foot, uh, looking to pass the ball. You know he's critical in the past for passing sideways or whatever but uh, like he's driving forward with the ball now driving <laughs> <laughs> a good literal term there for him and all yeah. now but he is though you know he's like really carrying the ball and over the last particularly in the last couple of games he's really just demonstrated really, really well and got us higher up the pitch but just to touch on there on what Magoo was saying you know I, I agreed with that I thought Bulger would have been critical in that second half especially because I just think we needed to I know Gartland and was it Kenny that was doing commentary? Carl Murphy. Carl Murphy, Murphy. sorry. Um, You know, they were commenting on, you know, us getting bombarded with free kicks and corners, but we were dealing with them, really. Mm. And I think a couple of... But the lads were pretty decent on commentary. Oh, no, they were excellent. They were excellent. Uh, But I just, that was their takeaway that we were getting bombarded, but we were dealing with everything they were throwing us. So a few cynical fouls in around the middle of the park would have done us no harm. Just yeah, yeah. because we were dealing with everything they were throwing at us in that regard. Yeah, just destroy the game a little bit at times. Yeah, yeah. Particularly at the start of the second half, just just we know what's going to happen. Just destroy the game. Yeah, yeah. Like, just kick the, kick the ball at the road's edge. Kick yeah. it out of the play. Kick the man. Disrupt their rhythm, like yeah. disrupt the rhythm. They're doing a flow and everything, but like even even fucking he'd be arguing with the refs and. It, That'll be holding up an extra 10 or 15, 20 seconds when they be trying to take a quick free kick. He'd be arguing about something or the referee would have to talk to him about something. But at all, it stops their momentum and their flow and it just, it, it breaks up things and it's just, that's just what we needed in the second half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was just, look, it wasn't a B obviously, but like there was, there was a lot of good aspects to take from that game as well. I thought, oh, yeah. uh, the first goal, that ball from Jordan Hamilton is sensational. The way he, tar- the way he just turns, it was a grace. I think it's a grace that he turns. Yeah, it, it was grace he turned it. It was very graceful. <laughs> but yeah. he just rolls him like he isn't there. And then just, yeah. just that, the flight and the ball to Fitzgerald and the technique in Fitzgerald header as well. Won't take away from that because that's an absolutely fantastic finish as well. Yeah. Like no keeper would save that. No. He's even... Like, I, I was... Happy with signing Fitzgerald. I, I knew he was going to be a tricky winger, but there's a lot more to his game than I thought as well. And he's been showing that in the last couple of games as well. You know, I thought he was very good. I think the big difference, Sean, there already that we're seeing with the likes of Fitzgerald is that uh, not only his work rate and his directness, but he's scoring goals against big teams. Mm. You know, yeah. he scored against Pats away. He scored against uh, Shams at home. Or away, sorry, as well. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. Draw Draw away, sorry, yeah. Like they're big, big goals away from home. Just that directness, and again, you know, driving forward and not kind of turning back inside or looking for, you know, a kind of, I suppose, safety passes. See, I was going to call it a cowardly pass. I don't mean like that, but a safety pass instead of being and ballsy and taking the full back on or getting driving into the box. And you can see that already. That's you know, that's adding to our goal count. On I know last week, like we said, that we scored one more goal. And we had conceded one less. But the point I'd make on that is that that was after four games. So the season is almost 40 games. So that means that it's a swing of, of 20 goals mm. over the course of a season. That's massive. 
Absolutely, yeah. you know, it's huge, and we will go that. It will be that at the end of the season, Jerry. I think as well, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I don't see us letting up on that because you look at it. There's only a few players still have to get full. Uh, have to get fully fit. Like Jordan Hamilton still can't be fully fit because he hasn't had a full preseason. He said it himself on Twitter there, um, more or less, without saying that. But he was saying like you know that we're only getting there. Yeah. You know, there's a lot more to come and I can't remember the actual words, but it was just, that's something I kind of picked up in the same that Maybe he's not, you know, he's had a tough six months, not playing a lot of football, psychologically tough. Um, and like, this is after what, I mean, he didn't start the season first, but he's played, what, three games? Yeah. Um, Brighton, what he probably could do. And Max Matter the same. And yeah. he's another one I think is going to impress us over the next wee while as well. Yeah. You know, I thought he... Had- I, I, I like Matt, I think he's very direct and aggressive. Yeah, he's big lad, and he's just very you know, unfor- very unfortunate with that. Uh, um, that pass to him at the end where he can't get yeah. because it just it comes it sticks underneath his feet. There's not enough on it. If it's ahead of him, he'll get a sh- proper shot off and probably go and win the game. But yeah, look, it wasn't to be. But you know, all in all, a point is a good result. Yeah, great, great result. Like if you, you think about us, we've been away to the three favorites for the title. In Shams, Derry, and Pats, and we've come away unbeaten. And the only goals we've conceded was we conceded a consolation to Pats when we were the game one, and a, a penalty and an OG to Shams. Like so, <clears throat> the signs are good. If we keep everybody fit, we could have we could have a proper run at it. Like because we're 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 good in defence. We're not going to concede too many, and by the looks of it, we're going to score a good few. Like Hamilton in the first half the other day. Looked like every time he touched the ball, he made something happen. Yeah, he just class was oozing out of him. Yeah, he couldn't get him on the ball in the second half, but uh, I'm taken back by his work rate. So that's yeah, I didn't expect that from him. Yeah. yeah. So it's the the quality on the ball is something else. You know, he made his. You know, he made a statement in the in his interview last week that I was taken back by. Was you know that one of his friends or whatever was saying he could be the best player in the league, and he said it with such confidence. That he wasn't, he wasn't just a, it wasn't a throwaway comment. He means it. He, he's coming here to be the best player in the league. Yeah, yeah. You can tell he's going to strive for that. And from yeah, what I, I was saying that, so far, I don't think he'd be far away from it. No, I was saying that on our on the group during the game. That, uh, well, I was getting carried away. Obviously, I'm excited. <laughs> but I was saying, like fucking Shams, Shams of Shams of a squad full of number tens. Yeah, we have the best one in the league. So. <laughs> But you know what? It could be, it could well be the case though. He was what? He has two assists already and a goal to his name. And a goal, yeah. yeah. You know, that's not to be laughed at. Yeah. No, but it's fairness, fairness to Shams too, they were pricks. They were, they were pretty decent. And I think, you know, if they were able to bring five fellas off the bench that were, we have a great squad, but they have an incredible squad. Like, and they were able to bring five guys off the, off the bench that were, you know, could, would start for anything. Um, do you know but what, yeah. Jerry? I was happy to actually hand them a compliment at the end of the game. I was happy to interact with a couple of their fans. I thought the whole game in, in general yeah. was, pl- was played in a great way. Yeah. You know, it was played in a great manner. Both teams came out. It was a, like that was a great advert for the league. Oh, definitely. Um, and I think as well, uh, and, and Con, Con Murphy said it, and we're, we'll talk, we're going to talk about, I suppose, fan incidents maybe later on in, in the show but one thing that I have to say and in fairness to Colin Murphy he, he, he highlighted it too he said it's the best um, 
atmosphere that away fans have uh, created in Tala in years. And he was very, very complimentary of the Saigon Rovers fans. And again, it's, you know, they travel in huge numbers when sometimes the um, the temptation is to stay at home and watch it on LOI. And like you really, really have to take your hat, your hat off to the guys that travel there on buses and in cars or whatever, put their hand in the pocket to get behind the team. And I think, you know, there's so much negativity surrounding fans these days over incidents that are happening. But let's not forget the lads and, and lasses that, you know, put their hand in their pocket, travel to these games, takes up a day, maybe you have to take time off work to go and support their team. And let's not lose sight of that either, because I think that's that's what makes a great football club, as in Sligo Rovers, but also makes a great football league in terms of the, the League of Ireland. Absolutely. So there's a lot of positivity out there. No, and I fully agree with you, Jerry. And I tell you one thing: my admiration goes out to all the lads and lassies that did they did travel because in this day and age as well, it's not cheap. It's a no. huge, it's a huge output. So it is in terms of paying for diesel up and down to the likes of Dublin and that, and you know your match ticket, whatever else comes in, included with all that. But you know it's a huge uptake for anyone. Uh, Joshua's great dedication and passion. So fair play to everyone because. I was even thinking when I was watching the game, I was like, Jesus, fair play. They never shut up. You could hear them yeah. all game. They were constantly yeah. behind the team, no matter what. And that, it just made for a great watch as well. You know, the yeah. on-field and off-field stuff was all brilliant. Yeah, and it just shows you as well. Um, I know Dan McDonald, he said that he had a night off and he was watching games on TV. And he commented on the, the draw the uh, Dundalk game in terms of uh, st- Stadia uh, in that you know, we're trying to promote a product here and places like United Park on the TV, unless you're the likes of us that you're really hardcore kind of into it, that it doesn't look good, no matter what the product on the pitch looks like. It's just the backdrop is, isn't is great. Whereas when you go to our game in Tala, which is, you know, obviously a fine council-built stadium, um, there was great atmosphere. Uh, both sets of fans really got behind the team. And in fairness, there was no... Animosity or animosity, um, you know, but there was no no problems, and uh, I think that's kind of showcased the best of of the League of Ireland, uh, the way the football was played and the atmosphere and everything. And just look, we've been starved, starved of money and um, investment in infrastructure since forever. You know, people going about 20, 30 years. Sure, what would be 20, 30 years ago? Nothing. Um, we need investment. And what about, you know, like the FBI teaming up with the, all the, all the other uh, FAs to bring the European Championships to Ireland is just a fucking joke, to be honest with you. To, to play it in rugby stadiums and Gaelic stadiums. like Yeah, yeah exactly, Sean. <laughs> you know, it's a joke. But like, uh, you know, I did agree with Dan's point as well because sometimes when you're looking at those LOI games, it's just, it is depressing to watch, especially United Park and even Finn Park. You know, it's yeah. it's horrible, but... The likes of Finn Harps and that, you know, they don't have the money to invest. Drahada, I've no sympathy for because they were winning titles and had massive investment, and they yeah. did nothing with it. They invested in in the squad. And likewise, Dundalk. Yeah, you know. exactly. So, um, you know, th- those teams, I've no sympathy for the likes of Harps and that that are trying their hardest and they're trying to get a new stadium up and running. Yes, I do feel sorry for them in that way. Like we put our our money from our league winning that side that year and cups, we put a lot of that back into the ground. Granted, it's not 
it's not big it's not big stands or anything like that but it tidied up the area it looks good when we're on the telly it looks good we've a great backdrop it's always complimented by the commentators that are on doing our games so look it, it is something that needs to be addressed and hopefully sooner rather than later yeah so uh, just to touch on as well I suppose while we're at it Jerry is uh, is the crowd trouble I suppose it does have to be addressed. It's been addressed on Delaware podcast, Alan Cawley's podcast, a couple other fan fan casts around the country. It's it's putting a stain on the League of Ireland. Yeah, it's not good. It seems to have really kind of since uh, since uh, the the games have come back after uh, the pandemic. There seems to be a lot of instances um, all around the country, which is kind of it's which is disappointing to see. Um, and I know that we've had our own uh, one incident this season that you know didn't look great, and it's not a something that we want to see inside or outside the grounds, you know, to attract families. Um, uh, I think look, we don't want that, but you know, it's amazing too. Like when we kind of we're kind of getting dragged into it too, you know, and you've got certain clubs that are kind of causing trouble a lot of the time. And have been doing it for years, and maybe we're not doing ourselves any favors by getting involved in these things because we're getting dragged into the into the argument too. And you know, it's uh, it's disappointing to see you're here. Yeah, Magoo, I know you've your thoughts on it as well. Uh, sorry, I was distracted there. What were we talking about? The 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 fan the crowd. crowd around, yeah, the crowd trouble around the league at the moment. Yeah, it seems to be a bit more frequent, uh, doesn't it? Since since we've come back after COVID for whatever reason, I don't know. It's like remember Damien Richardson used to say years ago when he used to come to the showgrounds. They're like they're like caged animals. They must have been let out at the weekend. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe something to do with that. Everybody's been locked up for two years. They're all gone wild now. But you know, it's I think it's probably more to do with just matters, basic fucking matters on people. Yeah, uh, I think it's a, I think it's a social problem, um, and I think it's kind of it's kind of rearing its head in kind of occasions like League of Ireland games and stuff like that but I, I think it goes much deeper than just you know um, I think for a lot of it is to be honest is a lot of it is drug related and, and stuff like that uh, you know it's it's not sometimes a lot of the time it's not fellas having a few beers to be honest with you it's uh, lads yeah. that are doing things so and I've seen it myself like you know um, yeah some of these guys are quite open about it which is just it seems to be becoming a normalised in society, you know, in terms of, you know, uh, recreational drug taking and it yeah. was not good. Like this, this crack of outside the grounds and stuff, like that's happened for years. Like people are complaining about it now, but you're like, we've had this place smashed up every year for the before COVID when Chance fans came down. You know, like, what? another big issue as oh. well is obviously phone footage. People recording on phones. Yeah. Which you know, never it, happened before, you see. No, like this, it has happened, but it, it is, it's definitely more frequent. Rather, like, because listen, yeah, that's to, what I was going to say. You were, as you were saying earlier, Sean, I was going to say, like, the stuff outside the ground has happened for years, but it's, it's the stuff on the pitch which seems to become more frequent now, which is probably the problem. Yeah, I suppose if we, if we, maybe if we address the, the issues that have affected Sligo Rovers uh, over the last few weeks, right? First instance is where an individual abuses uh, a player and his family. Um, for me, that is just absolutely shocking. Uh, the worst of the worst. Um, 
So that person has been basically called out, called out in it and been banned. And I think people at the game did say at the time. So that's the first one. The second one then is the incident versus Dundalk where, um, you know, you've got a, an away fans bus parked outside a pub. Uh, so they have to walk to the ground and walk back to the ground you know, uh, mingling with home fans. And that's never really uh, a good mix. Um, but the thing I would say is that, for me, the biggest problem is that we don't have, in this country, we don't have the kind of resources in terms of policing mm-hmm. uh, to address the problem. So, like, say, for instance, I would be friendly with a few guys um, at Accrington. Okay, so Accrington would have a designated police officer within say the Lancashire Police Force that would be uh, he would be responsible for games and and setting things out and and knowing who he was just he, he takes control he's a liaison officer and everybody knows who he is we don't have anything like that here like football fan violence is I know you've had patches before in the past but it seems to become more prevalent and I think as we're not really it, it, I think the police have been kind of taken on the back foot, the guard, Garda, in that they're just kind of, there doesn't seem to be any intelligence in terms of policing uh, games, if you understand what I'm saying. Oh, um, you, can police, you know, you can police games in a friendly way, in, in an intelligent way, and through like liaison officers and things like that. And I think that's something where we do need to look, I'm not saying a full time liaison officer, but someone that is uh, right within the Slyle Leach district, right? Your that that's part of your remit. Yeah, and it's something. We don't think that at all what, you're t- what you're touching on there, Jerry, as well in regards to the you know the bus being parked out outside. You know, let's be honest, the home team pub. All right, you know, like Mooney's is it's a home ground pub, so it is. It's the closest one to it, and you know you shouldn't have opposition fans being parked outside it, directly outside it. That are you know lads coming steamboats. You know, it's a recipe for disaster. Mm-hmm. The guards need to operate a system, work with the even with the away sides as well. You know that every, that all buses have to go into a designated area, and they go from the bus to the ground and back again. There shouldn't really be an in between. I know normally, you can't normally stop what happens there, Sean, Normally, what happens there is that the club do uh, get in contact with the opposition club and tell them that this is the system that they have a designated area to park in. But obviously, for whatever reason, um, on this occasion, that bus and the bus companies are informed as well. Whatever this particular driver didn't follow the normal protocol, and this is the consequences of it. But at the same time, too, it's a big, white fifty-three seater bus parked <laughs> outside houses, you know, across the road from a pub. It's blocking up half the road. Yeah. Um, it's like the elephant in the room. How could you not be aware of it? Um, and I said at the time before the game, said to a couple of people, I said, there's going to be trouble there. If that if that bus is there after the game, it's going to be trouble. Like, um, and again, like, you know, I'm not saying, I'm not defending anybody, but, you know, if someone kind of throws a flare at you, do, you, do you react or not react? I'll give you another example of where I was in Derry the week before and uh, we were late leaving the ground because we were actually talking to some Derry City fans that we know, uh, and there was three of us, and we're walking behind the stand and about 50 young lads, 13, 14, 15, 16, whatever, and they knew we were from Sligo and they tried to start taking our 
one or two of the lads had hats, tried to pull the hat off, didn't succeed. There was one or two Derry fans coming behind us, a young lad, maybe about 12 or 13 himself, and they took one of his hats. They thought they were with us. Uh, and so the dad turns around and knocks one of the Derry fans out. But, which obviously is, isn't, you don't want to see that. But like, if they say hit us or they take our belongings, are we supposed to stand there and do nothing? So that's where I'm kind of coming from the policing part of you and the stewarding in that why do the way fans have to exit the ground and enter the ground going by these fans and nobody there to you know to, to, to be aware of the situation you know like I'm, I have never had a fight at football in my life nor do I want to especially in my, getting my age now but like if you're provoked and you're, you're, you're up against it what do you do? So that's where people are getting put into a certain, into a into a position where they don't want to be in, but yet they want to follow their club. So I think that we need to look at the steward, we need to look at the police and take it serious mm. and take the temptation out of people's way. You know, as you said there, you've got 53 guys falling off a bus outside a pub. They're walking down, they're walking up, they're in the middle of the road, they're singing, they're battling, they've got flair, they throw it at someone. One or a few people react, which... You know, in the face it's, of things, it's, it's natural. It's a natural human reaction as well. Yeah, and that's not defending it, but like, no, we, you know, going back to the two instances that we've had, we've got one fella who's abused the the player and his his family. You know, and then we've got the, the other thing, and I'm not saying that we we also need to be very very careful as a football club that we don't get this element and we don't say, well, that's okay. It's not okay. But we need to take it more serious in terms of steward and placing throughout the league. And that's the only way, you know, to move forward. Small League One, League Two clubs over in England have a designated liaison officer through the police force and they know what's happening before anything happens. And it's all done pretty, pretty well. Uh, and it, it runs pretty good. So look, it's just hopefully it's something we can get over quite soon because at this moment in time it's it's far too big of a talking point. And it shouldn't yeah. be the case when we were hoping at the start of this season. And it is still the case that this was going to be a massive season, both on and off the pitch for the league in general. And we don't need the, the waters muddied with all this because it's just, it's nonsense. It's unnecessary. It's all it is, is causing problems for every club in the league. Yeah. Every one thing I'd say is well, just... massive fines and yeah, you know, and someone in the grand scheme of things, someone's going to get badly hurt. Yeah. You know, and then then where are we? Yeah, and just in relation to the pyro, look, I could never understand the whole smoke bomb thing, to be honest with you. Uh, flares, yeah, look, they do create a great atmosphere and they do look good, but um, at the end of the day, it just can't happen. Um, we can't have flares anymore because the, it's it's coming from the FEI and they're coming down hard on it. Um, I know it's great crack and all that, but you know, Derry City uh, incurred a fine of 3,000 euros there last week. So who's going to pay the 3,000 fine when we get it? Yeah. You see, that's the thing. You know, it's not going to be the lads that let them off. And I can totally understand why they are letting them off. As you says, Jerry, it does create a great atmosphere. It looks the part. I I personally, I'd advocate for them being in the ground. And I think the yeah. FBI are the biggest hypocrites going because they use them in their promo videos. You know, but turn around and then, yeah, yeah. you know, they're looking to ban them then like it doesn't make any sense they see it as a selling it's point it's easy money for them like yeah. it's easy money if, if 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 the flares did go out of the grounds 
and they weren't making money of it, they'd probably be advocating for it to be back into the ground <laughs> to create an atmosphere and to create like they just see it as easy money. Yeah, like as you were saying about the, about the draw of the game, like yeah. having that stuff on telly is what would entice or make it more watchable. So you know what I mean with an atmosphere and stuff like that going on in the background because especially in grounds like that, you need some other element to. Yeah, take away from the ice or the ground itself. Yeah. No, absolutely. But look, uh, we says we touch on it because it was in a. It's an important issue around the league at the moment. But I think we'll leave it at that. With in regards to that, we come back to the football again because I still don't think we fully covered the Shamrock Rovers game. <laughs> don't even think we've done a full justice. Unreal. Unreal. That that save he made from Lopez, just before, just before the penalty, was it? Think so, yeah. It was still a nil nil anyway. Like that was unreal, that save. Like to see it so the reactions, like he was only three yards away, was it? Yeah. And the speed and power ahead of like it was fucking unreal. Such a save. Like it was it was it's such a shame that he that conceded the penalty so just straight afterwards and it nearly made the save irrelevant, but like it was quality. I said there was something then I was laughing when I read afterwards that um on Twitter, I think is it off the ball to a late night Twitter after games or something like that. Oh yeah, Twitter spaces, yeah. Twitter space, yeah. So uh, I seen. I'm not sure if I've seen somewhere someone was telling me this. Uh, the, the gist of the conversation anyway was that uh, McGinty impressed on his his trial to replace his opposite number in the goals. Like fucking have a laugh, lad. <laughs> Seriously, fucking hell. Like they saw the the sense of entitlement that it was unreal. Oh, he's good. We'll have him, and you know, fucking. Did I not realise he's already rejected them? Ah, uh, he's um. He did not at all. Nobody ever rejects them, Sean. Jesus Christ, you mental. <laughs> the, uh, but yeah, he's already like he's definitely, definitely the, the best keeper in the league without a shadow of a doubt. Unreal. Jerry? Yeah, uh, that particular save, such a strong hand to push it over the bar. Um, which is when someone fires a ball at you from three yards and you're able to push it over the bar, uh, it's, you know, he's, he's able to do everything and is. is his footwork as well has really, really improved in his kicking. I think that would have been probably labelled as his weak point in the past, but I don't think you can really label him uh, at that as well now. Um, I think particularly playing on our pitch at the moment, uh, you have to be pretty decent go decent with your feet, as uh, I think the Finn Harps keeper would, would testify to. <laughs> so, yeah, look, I think it's only a matter of time, and please God, he does get a move to the UK, because I think at this stage now, Nobody could begrudge him it, and I think everybody would be delighted for him to to move up. God, I'd hate to see him do a sideways moves to Shannon Rovers, but in fairness, people going on and on and on and on about this, you know, it's a pardon the pun, but they're talking through their hoop. Yeah, they, no, they, they really are. I agree with you. It's there's He doesn't need to go anywhere else in the league. Yeah, it it oh. won't benefit his career in any way, shape or form. My, the only thing it might benefit slightly is his pocket. He might get a wee bit more money up there, but that's that's the height of it. it you yeah. know, for Aid to progress now, he needs to go across the water. And as you said, Jerry, no one will begrudge him when he does get his move because it'll be justified. You yeah. know, and we let everyone will be backing him one hundred percent, and we'll everyone will be delighted for him. But until then, to have the best goalkeeper in the league playing in your side, it's it's a gift because you know something I always worried about a couple of years ago when when Mitchell Beaney was in the goals, I used to be terrified <laughs> when we conceded a corner. Because you'd have a six foot four monster that was afraid to leave his line, and you were nearly yeah. guaranteed to concede from corners. 
Whereas now you've egg coming out and he claims everything. He's coming through crowds of people he should never be coming through. And he's getting two solid hands on the ball and claiming it into his chest. His yeah. presence in the box is, it's phenomenal. Yeah, like the amount of balls that he comes from and claims, um, as you say, true crowds of people, like, you know, it's, you, you're not nervous. No. Um, you, don't, you know, you expect the best. Um, and maybe look, going back to the Finn Harpsy game as well, like, you know, we we talked about how the, the, the lack of crosses they put into the box and maybe between one thing and another and maybe because of the type of players that they have or maybe there was a little bit by design as well that they weren't putting balls into the box because he, you know, time and time again, he comes in and claims them and uh, breaks down the attack. So maybe there was an element to that in as well. Lads, as well, we have to touch on... A phenomenal, uh, huge moment in Sligo Rovers history with the female team getting their first win. A massive moment for them down in Cork. A fantastic result for Steve and the girls and only a sign of things to come, I think. Yeah, it was, uh, it was brilliant. Um, 2-1, away, one, 2-1 win away to Cork. Um, fantastic. Um, and two great goals as well. Uh, we 2-0 up in the game. I know Cork scored, I think, in the 72nd minute. Uh, but fair, fairness to the guys the, the hell out we got to, which is like it's such a, a historic win like um, you know if you were to go back like five years ago you know we've got you know an under 17 under 19 senior women's team it's it's phenomenal and uh, just in relation to the results from the 17s and 19s like last week the 17s and 19s beat P-Mount and they beat DLR uh, you know, beat them. We were two of the top clubs in, in, in Ireland. And I think it was under 17 speech, Shamrock Rovers 2-0 this weekend as well. So like the res- it's it's the results are coming true and you can see I think the senior team will only benefit in the long run. And it's it's unbelievable to see such it's a proper football club now when you've got all these teams and you know integration. It's it's fantastic. Yeah, none of it is talking gesture because you can really see the quality within the the female side as well, like the quality of the goals were excellent. Yeah. You know, and even the the build-up, the play leading up to the goals was really good as well. You know, Stevenson playing a lovely style of football. They're playing out from the back. You know, every, all everyone seems really confident on the ball. It's a really exciting time for them. It is. And it must be, you know, for them it, it themselves, like it must be such a great buzz for them because like, I know it's, it's an historic win, but every week is history for them. You know, it's their, it's their first the first ever game in the league. Then it's their first ever home game. Now it's their first win. This week, now they'll be going for more history, looking for their first home win in the league. Like, And every week must be such a buzz for them. And then, you know, to get that win, then it just keeps building and the hype. And the feeling for them girls must be amazing at the minute. like Because, you know, you feel that you're on that journey. Like, they'll feel it themselves that they're making history every week, like they're making history at the minute. So it's great for them. It's great for the club because it's, it, as Jerry said, it just shows the proper club and it it's it highlights and uh, the club and how good it well it's within the community and and beyond the surrounding areas like the regional because the girls are from everywhere as well same as the lads and the underage uh, and like having the girls team going be successful can only enhance that as well and that's great it really is great and like and they're all as you said John the style of football and but they're good players like yeah really good, good players like. The couple of like even on the senior team, like there's a couple of young girls there, 16, 17, like and they're they're phenomenal footballers, like. And I think yeah, and, and 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 it is historic as well, like you know, like 
like this football club is nearly 100 years old now. Uh, one of the oldest football clubs uh, in the country. And in 100 years' time, you know, there'll be books written about this. Yeah. Like these, these, these girls, these women will not be forgotten. Like their, their yeah. names will be in, in, in history. Um, as you said, Magoo, the first game, the first win, the first goal. Not, even, not only that, but the 1 to 18, whatever the squad. Like in 100 years' time, they will be, they will be in books. Someone, the, the 100 year version of Aid Mannion will be writing a book about women's football in Sligo, and their names will be there. They're not yeah. just playing for any old football club. They're playing for Sligo Rovers, and that won't be forgotten. Like their names will be there forever. There'll be plaques of them going up in the in the museum in the ground. Yeah, you know that's yeah. they're part is, of something very very special. You know. Yeah, it's huge. And look, as always, we just wish them the best of luck, and and it'll be continued success. I know for a fact. Yeah. Yeah, and they're at home. They're at home. They're home in the main pitch this Saturday at two o'clock. For anyone who wants to come and get a look at them. Yeah, see them get their first home win. Yeah, and that'll be a great game as well because Bulls, by all accounts, are a very good side as well. So it'll be a good footballing game. And look, keep the crowds coming for them because it only benefits them as well on the pitch, you know, to get the buzz of the crowd behind them. Yeah. Yeah, well, like, they're creating, his, they're creating history for Rovers, like, so they're, they're doing it under the banner of the same club, like, so. Exactly. We're all, we're all the one. Yeah. Yeah. But I think we just have our little break now ahead of us, which is absolutely ridiculous. But there you have it. That's the joys of the FAI running your league. Um, so I think, what is it? Another 10 days before we play Shells? Yeah, 10 days there, thereabouts. So um, just at the Shelburne game as well, we've um, we've had uh, car stickers, car decals made up with the Rovers Crest. So uh, we'll be giving them out free to supporters uh, against Shelburne and they'll be available at the um, the clubhouse and the tea and coffee hut as well so anybody who wants to pick one up they're really really cool they're nice neat and tidy and they fit well on your on your car so uh, yeah free to all never a bad thing driving with a bit of red on you absolutely yeah um, I, we'll leave it at that we will have a podcast next week um, and we will have one of the players on as well for an in-depth interview, one of the new signings. We'll leave it as a wee surprise until there, until we announce it on social media, but uh, it should be a good one. Uh, until then, and we'll cover the Shell ga- Shells game as well. Or, also, also just want to thank the White Hag Brewery as well for the constant sponsorship as well. Fair play to the lads out there. Um, until oh yeah, then- and well done to the two guys who won the, the boxes of beer uh, for uh, Beer Scorecast. So that'll be running again for the Shelbourne game. Absolutely. And Jerry, it's been a pleasure. As always, uh, Donner, I was going to call you Magoo there. <laughs> Magoo, a pleasure. As, as always, Jerry. As always, Jerry. <laughs> Donner. <laughs> thanks a million, lads. And thanks everyone for listening. Thanks, boys. <laughs>